0: Hey, guys, I'm Eric McLean.
1: And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Welcome in, everyone, to the Gramlich and McLean podcast. Happy Wednesday. So just a warning, this podcast was a little split up. So I'm Kelly Gramlich here with you. Eric McLean actually handled our interview with our special guest this week. Our schedules this week are absolutely insane. I am coming to you live from Hartford, Connecticut, going to head to Bristol this afternoon to record an ACC Women's Hoops season preview show. And Mac is currently, let's just say I don't ever really know where Mac is, but I do know he is heading up north to call a Mac game. Come on, that's perfect. Eric McClain calls a Mac game on Wednesday. And I think he's flying out today at some point. So it's insane. He had coaches calls all day. And make sure you tune in. He's calling the game on ESPNU on Wednesday night. So that's a little behind the scenes here. And this is our first episode where we haven't recorded it together, but we are both on it as I'm doing intro, outro, tell y'all what to expect. And Eric McLean did our interview with our special guest. So why don't we get to that special guest this week on the Graham and MacLane podcast. Our special guest is NC State quarterback Devin Leary. Devin Leary is the quarterback of the 6-2 and two, NC State Wolfpack and is having an incredible season under center. Devin is completing 66% of his passes. He's passed for 2,161 yards, 21 touchdowns, and just two interceptions in eight games. In his last six games, Devin has tossed 18 touchdowns with zero interceptions, a stretch of 211 straight passes without an interception. That's incredible. This past Saturday, Devin passed for 317 yards and four touchdowns to four different wide receivers in the pack's home win over Louisville. NC State controls its own destiny in the Atlantic Division race with games left versus Florida State, Wake Forest, Syracuse, and North Carolina. Let's get to our conversation with NC State quarterback, Devin Leary.
0: Devin Leary, my man, welcome to the show. A huge win this past week. And over a tricky Louisville uh, Cardinal team there. Really hard-fought game. Uh, the, The fourth quarter, though, man, you just went nuts. Three of your four touchdowns. Walk me through that W.
2: Yes, sir. I mean, it was a great team win. Um, You know, credit to our defense. Our defense balled out in the first half. They kept us in the game. Special teams did a great job of giving us great field position, flipping the field. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, in the first half, we struggled a little bit. Credit to Louisville's defense. They did a great job of mixing things up. But, um, you know, second half, we settled in. We got our game plan back right. And yeah, things started really clicking in the fourth quarter and we just got rolling.
0: All four of your touchdowns were to different guys. Your wide receiver room is just loaded, led by a mecca, uh, Thayer, and Devin. How easy do those guys make it for you to play this game?
2: Oh, so easy. So easy. I mean, like you said, four different guys caught a touchdown. But to me, it's like any guy in that receiver room can catch a touchdown. Like, I tell those guys all the time, it doesn't matter who's out there, any given play, expect the ball, because I have the confidence in the world in each and every one of them. So they know that the way that I construct the offense, that no matter who's in, no matter who's getting their turn out there, that every single play, they should expect the ball. And I'm super proud of those guys.
0: Do they, do they ever come up to you and say, hey, man, you know, you've been throwing it to this guy a little bit. You need, you need <laughs> to find me. You need to come get me, because it's just loaded. It really is a loaded room.
2: Uh, you know, they do, they joke around, they'll joke around saying that they they got the better one-on-one, but I mean, those, those dudes love each other too. Uh, they're great teammates towards each other that it kind of reflects on the whole offense. Um, and just the relationship that they have in there, they love to joke around with me too. Um, saying who's the better matchup, but I mean, uh, each and every week, all those dudes prepare really well.
0: No question. Uh, we had a chance to visit with Emek uh, on Packer and Durham the other week when I when I was co-hosting that show, and you know, he really spoke to the two of y'all special relationship, and even going back to you know a couple of years ago when maybe you weren't you know playing as much as you wanted to, or, or maybe you didn't have the, the the greatest showing, and you guys would go straight back to work and go back into mm-hmm. the indoor, or back on the field, and you know throw passes to each other. Just tell me a little bit about y'all's relationship.
2: Yeah, I think me and Emeka have a great relationship. And I'm really appreciative of not only him as a teammate, just as a person too, because, you know, just going back to when I first got here, um, trying to work my way up and to get some playing time, working my way up the depth chart each and every week, I was trying to, you know, work on something different, trying to improve my craft and someone that I could always rely on to be there to help me, whether it was advice or putting in some type of work on the field was a Mecca. And, you know, when I first got here, like just looking up to him with the amount of work that he puts in, into this game, the amount of craft that he spends in our facilities, watching film. And, you know, it just really taught me how to take a professional approach to this sport. And that if it really means something to you, that you're going to put in the work. And, you know, I kind of reflected that off of Mecca. And I mean, ever since then, it's been smooth sailing with our relationship. Um, we try to be on the same page each and every day. And when things aren't going well, you know, we have that relationship where I can go up to him and talk to him person to person about what's going on. And he can do the same thing, vice versa to me. So just over the years, we've built such a great relationship and I'm very appreciative for him.
0: That's special, man. That's really cool to hear. Another guy I want to bring up is is Devin Carter. You know, maybe struggled a little bit against Miami, a couple of really key drops and then just bounced back very nicely and had a huge game against Louisville. How do how do how does he have that wherewithal to just say okay next game up I got to keep going and and be there for my guys?
2: Yeah, I just think that's the type of player that Devin is. He knows that we hold him to a high standard, and he holds himself to a high standard. I mean, he's really difficult on himself. Obviously, in the Miami game, he didn't mean to drop any passes, and we all know that as offense. And you know, I, I told him after the game, leading up to this week, I was like hey, if we would have ran the same route 10 more times, I would have threw it to you 10 more times because you're the open guy and I have all the confidence in the world for you to make that play. And Just because you drop one doesn't mean I'm shy away from going back to you. And, you know, kind of just talking to him and him putting in the work this week, getting in extra work, uh, making sure that he practices hard was huge for him. And I think just going into the game, he knew that he just needed to play with a clear mind And that's what he did, and we expect that each and every week out of him.
0: I love that, man, that confidence and and what you just said there. I'm going back to you. You know, you're my guy. I I don't care. Uh, I think that really, you know, it helps guys for sure to just have Mm -hmm. that reassurance and and to understand, uh, you know, I believe in you. Um, You mentioned that defense, man. Those guys balled out. I mean, really the first team all year that was able to contain Malik Cunningham It was no easy task, but your guys did it. I was a little bit worried about the defense just losing such a great leader and player like Isaiah Moore and and knowing what he means to that team. But they played inspired football. And Drake Thomas, my gosh, he went absolutely nuts. 15 tackles, two sacks, a couple of tackles for loss and a pass breakup. I mean, you lose two of your, your greatest players on defense, and now this guy just continues to step up and step up what have you seen from him all season and then a specifically you know in that game
2: yeah i mean i've seen tremendous growth in drake just not only as a player but a leader too um i think last year you know he he was in and out um he was really hard on himself last year he knew that some of the plays that he didn't make he was able to make and that's just kind of what he did in the offseason he studied film he worked on his body he worked on his craft and you know this season he just carried it right over um You know, early on we we did have him, Peyton, and Isaiah out there, and then as we lost Peyton, it was him and Isaiah, and now we lost Isaiah, and it's just him. And you know, he's just been standing his ground ever since. He's been taking great pride in the defense, and I mean, credit to the entire defense is you know they rallied together. They understand that when guys go down, the next next man needs to step up, and they take true passion in that. And you know, credit to Coach Gibson too; he rallies those guys up each and every week, and The game plans that he comes up, those guys really embrace it. And, I mean, Drake just being in the middle of all of it, he's really embracing that captain role. I mean, it's pretty cool to see. Last last week at our hotel, um, usually each and every time the defense brings it up after a walkthrough, Isaiah is the guy to give the pregame speech. And, unfortunately, Isaiah wasn't able to play. And it was just cool to see, like, Drake immediately stepped in and gave a pregame speech like he's been doing it since he got here. And it's like, that's just the type of player he is. That's just the type of player that he steps up into. And I mean, we love him for that.
0: That's really cool to hear, man. Thank you for pulling back that curtain for us. When, you know, opportunity uh, and and preparation meet, it's a beautiful thing. And I think that's exactly what we saw from Drake. I think it's ironic and maybe that's a harsh word, maybe not, but just preseason, there was so much hype about the two guys with Peyton Wilson, uh, who is a tremendous player, and I hope he's doing well. I know that your buddy, your roommate, uh, and, and Isaiah Moore. Just so much talk about those guys, and now because of this crazy game, now Drake has to be the guy, and, and he's there. He's ready. He's stepping up and uh, really delivering I want to move to to talking about you. We've talked about everybody else a little bit. I I want to talk about you specifically, which I know is difficult, uh, and and I know it is, but, man, you're playing so well right now. You're you're absolutely killing it. You're so efficient. You're making huge plays. There have only been six guys since 2014 to throw for over 2,100 yards, 21 passing touchdowns, and no more than two interceptions, and you're one of them. I mean, how are you playing at such a high level right now?
2: I think it goes with consistent consistency and preparation. Um, you know, I take the same approach each and every week, um, each and every day, I have a very specific schedule of what I'm studying, uh, how we're going to reflect it off of the practice that we had. And, you know, just being able to rally our offense, being able to rally our team and understand that as long as we can eliminate as all of the possible mistakes on our end, that we just have that much better of a chance to win the game. And, you know, Being able to protect the ball is something that Coach Beck really stresses on our offenses. Being able to win the turnover margin and the toxic differential as well. Um, And, you know, it's just, like I said, it's just the preparation each and every week. Being able to understand what type of defense I'm going to get. Being able to understand the game plan going into the game. And just also just, you know, at the end of the day, just playing ball too. Um, Being able to see what I see on the field. Being able to make different checks. different route adjustments based off of coverage and yeah just continue to feed the ball to our playmakers
0: how do you feel as a quarterback when you just i just mentioned that list there's only six guys since 2014 but for some reason man it's just still from a national level i just feel like you as a player not i don't, I won't say disrespected because i don't think anybody's out here throwing shade mm-hmm. but just not not on sports center not on these you know bigger things other than you know acc network who, which we take care of you do you feel that? Like, do you say, okay, I'm just going to keep
2: doing it. I'm going to show y'all. Um, honestly, I don't. I mean, that that's not really why I play. I don't think I really play for the media recognition. That's not what drives me. What drives me is to win. And, you know, the two losses that we had, um, I think if if we would have came up on the other end, maybe as a team we would be getting more recognition. And that's kind of what I take more pride in, not, not so much myself uh, receiving self-accolades, more so as a team. And, you know, I just preach to all of our guys on the team is just each and every week, if we continue to do, do our job and go 1-0 and each and every week, they're going to have no choice but to recognize us. So that's just kind of been my approach ever since, ever since I've really been playing the game too. It's not so much about the outside noise or the outside credibility. It's about what we got going on here in our building and how we're going to continue to push forward.
0: I love that, man. That's great perspective. and And that's why you're a real one, man. It doesn't matter yeah. about what I do, <laughs> but if I help our team win, Uh, you know, I'm all about that, and that's exactly how I was as a player as well. Tell me a little bit about your relationship with offensive coordinator Tim Beck. Now, he's in year two. You look so comfortable in this offense, running it. I I know there's got to be a special relationship there.
2: Yeah, there really is. Um, Just going back to last year when he first got here, you know, Coach Beck kind of brought in a whole different type of energy to this team. Um, He brought in a very confident, uh, great offensive system, and you know, I was thrilled to dive into the playbook last year, dive into his ear, ask him as many questions as possible. And unfortunately I got injured. So I wasn't able to fully, well, I wouldn't say invest. I wasn't able to fully adapt into what he was making different changes throughout the season because I wasn't able to play. But now in this off season and even into the season now, I mean, we're our relationship is extremely tight. I mean, I'm seeing what he sees. He's asking me what I like. I'm asking him why he's calling certain plays or what he sees on certain protections or defenses. And um, yeah, it's huge for us. I think as long as me and him stay on the same page, we're just going to continue to progress. And I'm just going to continue to stay in his ear. Um, I learned something new from him each and every day, uh, whether it's in life, whether it's on the field, whether it's watching film and, you know, I'm just so appreciative for him to come over here, and just the way that he commands our offense is huge. Uh,
0: that's awesome, man. Walk us through what what a game week, a typical game week, looks like, and the and the prep between the two of you specifically. I mean, is it, is it extra meetings? Is he saying, "Hey, you know, what do you like this week? What are you seeing?" Just walk us through what that prep looks like between the two of you guys.
2: Yeah, so um, we we've, we've been having a pretty consistent schedule. Um, you know, Monday mornings we'll we'll lift. And then later in the afternoon after classes, we'll come back and just begin to watch first and second downs. Um, You know, Tuesday we have practice in the morning, but we, we do, we meet before practice um, just kind of like a consistent schedule that they have us doing is uh, meeting before practice. Then we head out to practice and then we go to class for the day. And then we come back Um, all the quarterbacks come back at night and each and every day is different. Tuesdays. We watch uh, first and second down again, um wednesdays we go to third down uh thursdays we watch two minute and then um end of games situations and then yeah really friday we just head off to the game but um we're on a pretty consistent schedule of being able to meet before practice and then go about our day and finish our classes and tutoring and then coming back at night and being able to discuss anything else that we need to
0: yeah, I love that man. I, communication is is such a big thing, especially coordinator uh, and quarterback. Uh, if Those yeah. two guys are on different pages. Uh, look out! I mean, it could it could yeah. be a, it could be a scary game plan. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's cool to hear that and, and how open it is. Uh, coach Dave Dorn, your head coach. I've never seen him smile this much. I've never sure. seen him have this much fun. What is it like playing for him uh, and this year specifically?
2: Yeah, I mean it's great. I think it's really great playing for Coach Dorn. He's very passionate. And he wants, I mean, he wants us to play our best each and every week. I mean, that's what he demands out of us. That's what he expects out of us. And I mean, we owe it to him. We, we, I mean, he creates our plans each and every week. Um, You know, he is giving us different types of motivation and, you know, playing for Coach Dorn, he's, he's going to keep it real with you. Um, You know, win or lose, he's going to be the same guy, which we're all really happy that he's our leader. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's been great playing for Coach Nor.
0: I think what you just said there is, is really the biggest thing is that he keeps it real. He truly does. And mm-hmm. some people like that. Some people don't. Um, why do you think that is – I mean, I, I think the more I've gotten to know him, I'm like, this dude is funny. He's a great coach. He, he's yeah. just – he's a good dude. Why do you think there's some weird kind of you know stigma? Is it just that, that he just keeps it so real and people just maybe aren't used to that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think people – when we say real, I'm, I'm more so mean, honest. Exactly. I mean, he's, exactly. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he's just going to be honest with you. And I mean, like if, if we lose a game and if the offense was struggling, he's going to point out the points of where the offense was struggling. And I mean, the reason why I, I, I really appreciate that is because instead of beating around the bush, he's very honest and blunt to what we need to fix. And, you know, be, taking that straightforward approach, in my opinion, is the best way because it can receive the fastest solutions because you know where the issues are. And, you know, when I say real, I I more so mean honest. And I think that's what a lot of people view him as. And, you know, it's really great to have on this team and for this culture as well.
0: Some people want uh sugar coat. Some people want, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just ride the line. You ain't getting that from Coach Doreen. No. He's going to let you know. He's going to yeah, let you know. you
2: know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think, you know, some of those, uh, I'm talking about him smiling and having a great time. A big reason for that was uh, when you guys beat number nine Clemson. I mean, an epic, epic game. I know that was huge for you personally and just this program, but – after the game, man, he had one of the most epic post game interviews I've ever seen on the huddle with us. He has the big cigar. He has the red solo cup. <laughs> He's having a great time. What did that, we- that win mean for you personally?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me personally, it was just the game that I was circling a little bit on our calendar. Um, you know, we knew this year we were going to get Clemson early on, we were going to get him at home. And yeah, we knew it was going to be a huge game. We knew it was going to be a four-quarter game. And really, it was more than four quarters. It was until. That's kind of what we say. We're we're going to play until. It doesn't matter when. It doesn't matter how long. It just matters until the game is over. And, you know, I think it wasn't only just huge for me and not something that I was really looking forward to. It was our entire team. I mean, we knew what we're capable of doing. We knew that it was going to be a big stage. And, I mean, everyone embraced it from all really four phases of the game. We like to say offense, defense, special teams, and our sideline. I mean, there was no flinch on our sideline. There was no flinch on our team. And for us to come out on top was huge for this program.
0: Talk about that until mentality. Where Where is that developed? Is it the, the players? Is it coaching staff, strength staff? I mean, where does that kind of come from? Because I think you see some teams that really have it, really preach it, do it, talk about it. But then you have others that, man, when when it happens, they just they just can't. They they just don't have the the ability to do so. So where does that come from for you guys?
2: Yeah, I mean, it all starts from the coaches, and it it goes down to uh, coach led, player driven. Um, you know, and as long as we can all embrace the until part, that was huge for us. I mean, even in previous years, you know, we get off to a hot start, or when things go our way, we kind of get momentum rolling, and then we lose it. And, you know, that's been a huge emphasis for us was to just, just finish. If we could finish each and every drive, each and every quarter, and by the time we look up and we check the score, that's what what the final score is. I mean, that that's something that we continue to embrace and continue to go into a game knowing it's going to be a four-quarter game, no matter who we're playing. And, you know, that's been huge for us because, as you could see last week, things weren't really clicking in the first half. But. Like I said, no one on our team has flinched. We knew that eventually it was going to break open. Uh, The defense was encouraging the offense. We were telling defense, hey, we got your back. We got your back. Don't worry. It's going to break through, break through. And boom, as soon as it does, you know, we don't look back. And that's kind of been our approach each and every game was that we're going to play until, and that's been huge for us.
0: Well, you've got a big opportunity to play until maybe December and maybe a little bit after that. I just want to ask you, big picture here, ACC. You guys still control your own destiny. You still can go to Charlotte. You go one and zero. You talked about that one and zero for the next four weeks. You're playing in an ACC championship. Do you think about that? Does your team understand the opportunity? The or is it strictly? And we're looking. We're looking at FSU. That's who we've got.
2: You know, we we do we do. I mean, as we as we continue to win, as we continue to progress week by week and understand where our standing is. Obviously, as a team, we understand we're in the driver's seat. We, like you just said, we control our own destiny, but it's up to us for these last four weeks to just be completely all in into everything that we're doing, completely invested into each and every week, each and every game plan. So as a team, we understand we're in the driver's seat, but our full focus is on if we can just get one step better each and every day, and understand that by, God, by going 1-0 and 0 each week that we're going to continue to stay in the driver's seat and we're going to continue to just create our own destiny. And I mean,
0: that's got to be a good feeling. I mean, it's something that hasn't been done in quite some time to understand that we don't need anybody's help. We don't need a crazy win to happen here, somebody to lose. We just have to worry about us. So what mm-hmm. kind of, I guess, confidence does that help push you guys even or more motivation to even go harder saying, guys, there's so much on the line that we can accomplish this year.
2: Yeah. I think it just creates so much more motivation. I mean, it's really all in our hands. It's in our hands and it's up to us to execute. It's up to us to, you know, achieve what we've been setting out to achieve for so long. And like I said, we don't want to look back at all. We just want to continue to look forward, look at each opponent. Um, and yeah, for our team, I mean it's huge motivation wise everyone understands that, um you know, for four more weeks, if everyone can be completely invested, that the outcome we want to receive could be huge for us and huge for this program that hasn't really been seen in a long time.
0: I love that, man, all right, before I let you go, I know you're a busy guy, I know you got a ton of stuff to do here. I want to talk about this rivalry. I want to talk about u n c and I know we're going week to week, but just for a second with me, just yes. look forward just a little bit they're coming to Carter Finland. You've been a part of this rivalry for a couple of years here now. I mean, what, what does it mean to the fans? What will it mean to the fans if you guys get a big dub? Is it something that is spoken about? Do you guys have signs throughout the facility saying, beat those guys? What, what, what does that game mean to, to, to NC State?
2: Yeah, I, I think that, I mean, this game to NC State is huge. I mean, like you said, the rivalry has been going on for so many years and you know, both both college fan bases, both team fan bases are very passionate and they understand that this this game is huge. This game is a big rivalry. Um, they're about 20 minutes down the road. Um, but no, we, we don't have like any signs or anything like throughout the facilities. But, you know, we do know that this game and rivalry games, you know, you have to bring maybe a little bit more because each team is going to be you know, out there trying to knock each other's heads off and you got to respond the right way. And, you know, the atmosphere and Carter Finley's going to be great. Um, I, I can't imagine how long people are going to be waiting for this game. Tailgating for this game is going to be an awesome atmosphere. And uh yeah, I can't wait and we can't wait to play them. No
0: question. It's going to be a great game. Can't wait for that one. A couple of great games left on this big yeah, schedule sir. here. Uh All right. Last thing for you, the, the, the league, in itself this year in the ACC, has seen unbelievable quarterback play. I mean, the best in in the country, bar none. What, what kind of, I guess, evaluation would you put on it? What are you seeing from it? Am I right there? Do you agree it's one of the best, if yeah. not the best in the country?
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, guys like, you know, Brennan Armstrong, Kenny Pickett, Sam Hartman. I mean, I think the biggest thing that I see watching their games is they understand their game plan, they understand their system, and they excel in it. I mean, they do a great job of being able to read defenses, being able to take what they give you. And, you know, I think in the ACC, you also see the finesse receivers that can really make plays after the catch that can catch the ball in tight windows. And I mean, being able to watch all these other quarterbacks in the ACC is even pushing me. I mean, these dudes are putting up crazy numbers each and every week, um, competing like crazy. I mean, having to score 50-plus, 70-plus points just to win a game. And, I mean, that's that's incredible for a quarterback to just command the offense in that way. And I think the ACC quarterbacks are held to a high standard, and this year, I mean, we're we're doing a great job of achieving that standard, if not raising the bar. And, I mean, it's been huge for us this this year.
0: Yeah, there, I don't think there's any question about it. All right, my man, thank you so much for joining me. This was a great conversation.
2: Always yes, a pleasure sir. talking with you, buddy. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks again to Devin Leary for joining us this week on the Graham Lake and MacLean podcast. We appreciate all of the sports information people and the players who are so flexible with their schedules. Look, Mac and I were student athletes. We know you don't have a single second in the day normally of free time. So we appreciate Devin and we appreciate the NC State media team for setting this up. And I want to give a shout out to my guy, Eric Macklin, who I thought nailed this interview by himself. I mean, I had no doubts that he would, but I thought he did an absolutely excellent job. I really enjoyed the behind the scenes look into Devin's preparation with his offensive coordinator, his relationship with his wide receivers, his relationship with a guy like Emeka Mezi, and how much that Clemson win meant to him and to the program. And, you know, they do control their own destiny. NC State controls this division race. They have every chance to go out there, win the division, end up in Charlotte. They have to most likely win out, but most importantly, beat Wake Forest in a couple of weeks. But I think most NC State fans and Devin Leary would argue, most importantly, they just need to win the next game, which is against Florida State this weekend. We will have a big episode for you guys on Friday, previewing the entire weekend, previewing some of these very important games when it comes to both of these divisional races. Miami is still alive in the coastal, Virginia and Pitt are alive in the Atlantic, Wake, NC State. And crazy enough, even Clemson is alive in those races. So we'll get to all that and more in our Friday episode. But thank you guys for listening. If you haven't already, head over to Apple Podcasts, give us a five star rating. And write us a review we'd really appreciate that we got over a hundred and now let's you know let's shoot for 200 y'all we'd really appreciate that and as mac would say until next time we'll see y'all